Viewer discretion advised. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the first ever episode of the Take One Podcast. I am your host, Michael Bish, and it is a pleasure to be here with you all here tonight. I am recording this episode on October 29th, so when this episode drops, it'll be October 30th, whether you listen tomorrow or over the weekend or next week. As long as you're listening, I appreciate you being here and taking your time out to join me for this brand new podcast that I hope goes well. You know, I... I, you know, a little bit of background, uh, me, I don't, I don't really like to talk about myself a lot, but, you know, for people who don't know, I used to be a Fox Sports writer. That was great. I transitioned over to Netflix Life, so I write for Netflix Life currently. Uh, man, my love, my love and passion for film, TV shows, movies, you name it, is just, anybody who knows me knows that's that's just my passion man it's, it's what I love to talk about it's, it's what I love to tweet about um and I still I still love my sports I still trust me if you follow me on Twitter at Michael Bish underscore by the way um that's all I talk about really is sports and movies and TV you know I'm not a, I'm not a politics guy you know I used to be like very vocal about somebody that I don't like and I'm sure you can find it on social media if you really dug hard but you know, I really kind of, it really took a toll on me, man. It really started to stress me out, politics in general. Um, and I found my getaway in movies and TV. And really just staying off social media. Because even if you post your opinion on social media, especially on politics, man, somebody's going to clap back at you. And honestly, it was just stressful. It was a waste of time. But, and I'm not even going to. I don't even know why I'm talking about that right now. I'm just I just wanted to give you a little quick rundown about me. Um, and but like I said, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I'm glad that you tuned in, and I'm glad that you're taking the time out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, going back to me a little bit of uh, writing for Netflix Life. Um, you know, I started that at the beginning of the year, and this podcast is not affiliated with Netflix Life. This is something that I, that I chose to start on my own. Um, and the reason I say that is because I will reference Netflix life a lot because I will reference a lot of my articles, a lot of my colleagues articles, because truth be told, it's just it's just phenomenal. The, their work is just phenomenal, period. I, I, I'm, I'm very blessed to have colleagues that write as well as they do, that can put together a story and an article as well as they do, man. Uh, so you'll hear me reference them a lot. Uh, but. This is a solo podcast, man. So it's just me. Um, I'm gonna, and it's not always just gonna be me. So uh, don't don't log off now. Don't don't unsubscribe already. Um, it's not just always gonna be me. Most of the time, I'm gonna have a guest, whether that's just a close friend that wants to come on and talk about movies and, and TV uh, with me, or you know, we already, you know, I already have some some great um, some great guests lined up, actors, cast. Uh, I'm sorry, actors, crew members uh, from your favorite TV shows and movies. So you don't want to miss this, man. Make sure you stay tuned in the coming weeks because uh, we have some we have some guests that you're going to love and you're going to want to hear from. So if you're not already subscribed, subscribe now to the Take One Podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so whenever I upload an episode, 
you'll be the one of the first people to get that alert, letting you know that a brand new episode is ready for your ears, ready for you to listen. Uh, and who knows? I, who knows who I have lined up coming up on the show for you all, but I promise it'll be great. Promise it'll be great content with great people, uh, and you won't want to miss that. So go ahead and subscribe, and I appreciate you listening once again, man. Let's go ahead and jump into this. And the news that really I was excited for today, other than Halloween Kills, which we'll dive into that a, a little bit later in the podcast, but All-American, we finally have a date on when the new season of All-American will return, and then it will return to the CW on January 18th. This was a show that, man, that I really fell in love with, that I found after I think I was watching Riverdale, uh, when I was still watching Riverdale, um, you know, obviously these come, you know, before I was watching, you know, before it came on Netflix, I, I was watching it on on live TV on the C on the CW. And, uh, I just happened to, you know, as soon as Riverdale ended one night, I got up, took my dog out and came back in and all American was on. And I just happened to sit back down on the couch and it caught my attention. And from then from then on out i mean i just i just love the show man so all american uh the new season will premiere on january 18th 2021 so 2021 is starting out with a bang already with two of my favorite shows returning in all american and netflix and on netflix they're bringing back cobra kai for a brand new season for its third season which was renewed fourth for for fourth season so uh, a lot of big things happening in the film world after five, six, seven months of nothing but slowness. So this is great news. Unfortunately, we have to wait until 2021. But um, look, man, it, it is what it is. Uh, we can go ahead and mark off 2020 as being just a fucking dumpster fire. How about that? Um, speaking of Riverdale, uh, they, the CW also announced that season five will premiere will, will premiere on January 20th, and man, this is a show that I kind of, well, not no kind of, this is a show that died to me, that that, that died off to me, uh, it's just the show I felt like just wasn't the same, and I, I didn't keep up with it, it lost my attention, and anytime that I'm, you know, that I'm scrolling more on my phone than whatever's on the TV screen, man, that's just not, not good for a TV show. So I'm not going to keep up with something I'm not interested in, but I know a lot of people still love Riverdale and the fact that they announced the CW announced season five will be coming back on January 20th, 2021. It, I know has a lot of people excited. So, uh, those are really, uh, obviously the flash they announced. We're coming back to a, a lot of the CW shows they announced today. Uh, you know, what will be, what will be premiering in 2021. So, um, if it's a show that I didn't mention, you can always go to the CW website or uh, I believe CW on Twitter uh, and you can take a look at what's coming out at the beginning of the year um, because nothing's coming out this year. So um, and it's been a weird year. I know and I know I said that like eight times already in this podcast, but to have no movies come out, you know, in theaters, I should say, because obviously you have stuff that are coming out on streaming services, but Man, it's just a it's just a really 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 weird year, man. And um, I don't know, I don't know. It's just I can't wait till we get back to a normal life. And you know, five months ago I was like, can we get back to some normal normalcy? And you know, we got sports back. 
which was great. Got to see LeBron win another ring. Uh, L.A. is on fire, by the way, in sports. Um, and for those who don't know me, I am an all-Philly sports fan. So outside of college football, which I like the Michigan Wolverines, um, I'm an all-Philly sports fan. And I no, I do not want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles or the NFC least. So, uh, And this isn't a sports podcast. You know, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with that. So uh, let's not talk about it. Not that I wanted to anyways, if you can't tell. Uh, anyways, let's go ahead and jump into the big news. The big news of the day, something that I and I was absolutely ecstatic for once I found out that Blum Blumhouse was putting on a virtual Zoom fest, I guess you can say. Uh, they announced Blum Fest a few days ago um, for today. Um, and I kind of want to go ahead and jump into Blumfest uh, as a whole. You know, they had I know they had the craft on there and I think another panel as well or a couple other panels as well. I, I can only say I tuned in for the end of the craft panel and the Halloween Kills panel, which obviously the Halloween Kills panel was the grand finale. But I don't know how long other panels were on. All I know is I was highly, highly disappointed with how short the Halloween Kills panel was. Like, I felt like it was only 15 minutes, if that, if that, um, obviously they, they asked Jamie Lee Curtis, a couple questions, David Gordon Green, a couple questions. And, uh, there were a few others there that they asked a couple questions too, but it was, it was kind of weak, honestly, for, for a panel. I'm, I'm into people talking about Halloween kills. I'm into people talking about what I love, especially coming from the actors and directors. So, Seeing that Halloween, the Halloween Kills panel at Blumfest was so short was kind of disappointing. But I can't sit here and bitch and complain too much because, yes, they did give us a 30-second teaser video or a 30-second trailer video, whichever you want to call it. We'll go teaser video because usually trailers are a little longer than 30 seconds. So we'll go 30-second teaser video. And, man, there's so much to dissect in 30 seconds it goes by like like that like super super quick but in those 30 seconds the way that they the way that they had it you know I walked away with a lot more questions than I thought I would have um and I'm gonna dive into those in a second and I know a lot of I see a lot of people online complaining about how it's only 30 seconds you know we're a year away we should have got more um, look, I want all the Halloween kill stuff that we can get. Uh, but I think Halloween 18 was done so well. There's not a lot of things that I can, I can, you know, pick at, but if I could pick at a couple of things or really one major thing is I know they released two main trailers for Halloween kills and I felt like they released way too much of information, way too much of the movie in those trailers. So I was high, I was I don't want to say I I don't want to say I was disappointed when I walked out of Halloween 2018 because it's a great film but there was a little bit of disappointment because I felt like I saw a lot of the movie in the trailer. Um that doesn't take away from it being a great film because it was but it kind of made me walk out of the theater feeling kind of a letdown. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, you know, it, overall as a movie, it is a great fucking movie. It's not a letdown. So don't let, you know, don't take my words and twist them. It's a great movie. It's just I feel like they showed too much 
in those trailers and it was uh it was just i was just a little disappointed when i walked out of the movie theater when i first saw halloween 18 i saw it twice in theaters i believe so um and now i own it on i just got the steel book which i'm in the steel books now i know that sounds crazy because i know a lot of people don't buy dvds anymore but the way i look at it is i'm buying it for the fucking steel book steel books or the covers on them are freaking amazing two i'm getting the 4k edition to go along with my 4k tv and also i'm getting them on digital so i can take them wherever i go i own the movie so i can take them and watch them on my uh on my macbook uh on my phone i can watch them anywhere so you know it's ma- it's major pluses with it so um but yeah man i'm starting to get into steel books but anyways i'm getting i'm getting way too off track here so i was disappointed in the length of the panel at Blumfest, but you know i can't sit like i said i can't sit here and complain because they did give us a 30 second teaser video which we definitely needed i needed it because we would have already seen halloween kills by now we would have already seen it um i think it was scheduled to come out on october 16th which i want to give a big shout out to jimmy champagne man um you know he him and Cortland gordon put out a halloween halloween fan film i should say it's called it's called happy halloween of michael myers fan film and it's a tribute really to or it takes place in you know right after halloween kills or uh, takes place in the timeline of halloween 2018 i should say let me say that um and i know i've watched a lot of people's reaction videos to it and I, i i you know i talked to jimmy here and there but I didn't. I haven't asked him this, and I don't think he answered this in his in his uh, video that him and Cortland did. Um, but I see a lot of people trying to figure out when in Halloween 2018 it took place. Um, but I've, if you, if you pay attention in the beginning, it it kind of kind of plays out for itself of of when it takes place. And like I said, I haven't talked to Jimmy or Cortland. But I'm going to go ahead and say that I believe that it takes place right after Lori shoots Michael in the shoulder. That's when I believe it takes place uh, because that's what it opens with. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. That might just be paying a little homage so people know that's when it takes place is in Halloween 2018. But based off what I've seen, um, and I'm going to talk to Jimmy about this just to get a clarification because it has been bugging me, man, because a lot of people don't know exactly when a lot of people are taking guesses and I have yet to seen, there's so many reaction videos, but I've yet to seen somebody say that it has taken place right after Lori shoots Michael in the shoulder. But a couple of things that make me think about that, obviously the open, the opening where Lori is talking to the sheriff. And if you notice Michael takes, you know, kind of, kind of takes the poker and heats it up and burns himself where he was shot. So that really right there kind of tells me that that's exactly when it takes place is between the time Lori shoots Michael in the shoulder and when the sheriff runs over Michael in the SUV. So that's my guess. That's what I'm gonna roll with, but I want to give a big shout out to Jimmy Champagne and Cortland Gordon and everybody involved in happy Halloween uh, a Michael Myers fan film because that that was amazing. That was amazing to if you and it, head over to Jimmy Champagne's YouTube page so you can find out exactly 
they go into detail with the limited amount of equipment that they worked with and the way this is probably one of the best fan films that i've seen i mean you know and i'm not boosting i'm i'm being 100 serious i watch a lot of uh fan films and i'm you know i i appreciate what people are trying to do but it's just not there it just doesn't hit but happy halloween really hit with me and i loved it and if you haven't seen it make sure you go to jimmy champagne's page on youtube and check it out because it gave me my Halloween fix, at least the best one that I'm going to get besides binge-watching all the movies the entire month of October. So, But anyways, man, let's go ahead and get into this teaser video that uh, David Gordon Green and the Halloween Kills uh, family were nice enough to share with us right before Halloween. And there's no other place that I can start than the mask. That's right, the mask. We got everything that we wanted from this mask you know there were so many speculations of how was the mask going to be displayed you know what was it going to look like because obviously you know at the end of halloween 2018 michael is down in the cellar in that trap burning flames around him and anytime you already know with that latex mask it is going to melt uh and in real life it would melt to his face the hair on that side of the mask would be gone so they didn't go with what the mask would look like in real life, obviously, and I understand because you got it. You don't want the entire side of the mask to be completely burnt off because you Michael Myers apart. I mean, the mask is Michael Myers. I mean, so you still want to you want to make that mask look burnt, look charred. And still have that fear of Michael in that mask. And that's exactly what they gave us uh, from the clips that we saw from the teaser. And I'm super excited about the mask. Um, and I, I I can't put into words, you know. And, you know, they've done so well with the, the mask in 2018. And obviously the mask in Halloween Kills. That I'm not nervous at all about the, about the flashback that we will see. Um, because we will see some flashbacks uh, back into 1978. We will see some 1978 flashbacks to the original Halloween. Um, and obviously, when we see that, we're going to see Lonnie running away from the shade. That's what we've seen. So we're not we're not exactly sure how much flashback we're going to see, but we know we at least get that flashback scene of Lonnie and Michael on Halloween night back in 1978. So I'm super excited about that. And like I said, I'm not nervous about the mask anymore. I mean, obviously, from Halloween 2 on down, I mean, Halloween 2's mask wasn't bad. It was the same mask, but you could tell it, it was it was yellowed a little bit. It was beat up a little bit. It was, I believe it was, the reason that it didn't look the same in Halloween 2, even though it was one of the same original mask, was because after Halloween... 1978 was filmed the mask was stored under deborah hill's bed and she smoked and, and it just yellowed the mask and really deteriorated the mask but i would say halloween 2 is one of the best sequel masks made until uh, we got rob zombie's halloween mask which film wise I'm, I'm not a big fan of rob zombie's uh both either films but especially halloween 2 but at least rob zombie's halloween mask was really kind of the was really good you know, it was it had that little different taste, obviously, with all the cuts and stuff in the mask. But it was one of the better masks. But Halloween 2018 
ranks number two on my list as far as mask wise behind behind Halloween 1978. I mean, it's just so well done. So when it comes to the flashback scene, I'm not so worried about what they're going to do with the original mask and trying to reciprocate that because to be honest with you, none of the sequels could really get it right at all. So uh, some of those masks were fucking terrible. So I don't know. We'll see how that plays out, but I'm not worried about it anymore. I mean, they've proven themselves. David get David Gordon Green has proven that he can direct a great movie. And on top of that, Christopher Nelson can come up with a great, great mask. So I'm not worried about that at all. Um, so the mask looks great. And I'm super excited about the mask. But when it comes to the mask, man, I have I have some questions in this teaser. Why in the hell is the mask off of Michael Myers? You know, I'm still, you know, the teaser released a few hours ago and I'm still trying to play in my mind what in the hell could be going on to where Michael could have that mask on the ground. Did he get into a fight with somebody and somebody ripped it off like we saw in the 1978 original when uh, Jamie Lee Curtis or I'm sorry, Laurie Strode ripped the mask off of Michael upstairs at the end of that movie. I mean, could we have something similar to that? We know David Gordon Green likes to pay homage to the original movie. Who knows? Um, but something I also noticed was when Michael reaches down for his mask, his hand where he got shot, there's a bandage on it. Why in the hell is there a bandage on Michael Myers' hand? I have no idea where, where they're going to go because the way that I saw or the way that, that, that it played out in my mind is Michael escaped from the basement somehow and he was standing on Laurie Strode's steps as the house was engulfed in flames. And the mask was on. So I don't know how Michael gets his mask off. Maybe that is a teaser for the end. For the end of Halloween kills going into Halloween ends. I don't know, man. I just thought that those the mask was great, but I'm really questioning on how the mask gets off. And I'm also questioning on why is Michael's hand bandage? I mean, because I'm not going to I don't see Michael taking the time out to bandage his hand and be like, oh, shit. OK, I got a bandage on my hand. Michael's the type to just let that shit ride and, you know, kill whatever he can until he bleeds out or whatever happens. I, I don't see Michael cleaning his own, or bandaging up his own hands. So that's a big question for me. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, we won't know until 2021. Um, you know, something I also noticed was the kill. It looked like Michael took a hammer hammer, or took a knife and sliced somebody's neck open or hit him upside the head with a hammer and the blood just splattered. And it looks amazing. And it looks amazing. You know, when you have that much blood splattered on TV, um, they, you know, special effects can go overboard with that, especially at Blumhouse. Uh, but David Gordon Green and this Halloween Kills cast and crew, just the crew, period, didn't let that shit fly. It looks amazing. The kill looks amazing. I can't wait. Michael was brutal in 2018. Michael was brutal in that film, and I can't wait to see exactly what's going to happen in Halloween Kills because I, I believe he's going to top this. And one nugget that we got, or one of the nuggets that we got from the short, very short Blumhouse panel of Halloween Kills was that Halloween 2018 was just the setup. 
So if Halloween 2018 was that damn good, I can't wait to see what Halloween Kills has in store. Michael was brutal in 2018, and I feel like that is not going to stop in Halloween Kills. And I cannot wait for it. And I know I keep saying I can't wait for it. It's just because it sucks, man. It sucks we got to wait another full year to see this film. It just sucks. Um, so some more some more things that I pointed out in the teaser or that I saw in the teaser that I want to point out is... The Halloween atmosphere, man, is just not there. You know, you saw some decorations, not much. Um, I, I want to see a little bit more. And one of the greatest openings that I've ever seen in a Halloween film, obviously besides John Carpenter's Halloween, is Halloween 4. In the fields. Um, the, you just get that full Halloween atmosphere, man. And I don't think in Halloween Kills you get it. Um, but we'll see. I mean, like I said, this is just the teaser. It doesn't look like a lot of decorations, though. And that's something that I, I feel like I want to see more of. Um, so a little a little, uh, little story time here. Um, so when they were filming Halloween Kills, I think Jamie Lee Curtis was only down in Wilmington for about two and a half weeks. Um, so two and a half weeks, I kind of let you know right there that she's not going to be a big part of this film. Uh, I think she's going to spend most of her time in the hospital. I think that this uh, this is going to be more about uh, the people of Haddonfield, uh, Lori's daughter, Lori's granddaughter, um, Tommy Doyle. It's going to be more about you know Lindsay Wallace. You know they're bringing back so many characters. I think Halloween Kills is going to be more about them, and Halloween Ends is where we get that epic battle between the shape and Lori Strode. So. That's where I see that playing out and how that's going to play out. Um, but like back to my story, I get sidetracked so easy. So if y'all y'all are y'all are still rolling with me, I really appreciate it. Um, when they were filming Halloween Kills, I went down to Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, my aunt my aunt was in Raleigh. She lives in Raleigh, so I was like, you know what, Wilmington's only two hours away. They're filming Halloween Kills. I know Jamie Lee Curtis is down there. Let me go down there and see what's up. And I think two days before I went down there, they you know they released set photos or set photos were released of Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. So I was like, man, I gotta check this out. I gotta go look at it. And when I got down to Wilmington, man, um, I checked out the hospital. The signs on the door were still up. The stickers on the windows were still up. I was like, man, this is this is so fucking cool. Um, and, you know, I happened to check out Wilmington downtown. And as I was checking out Wilmington downtown, I got to meet the scream queen herself, Jamie Lee Curtis. The picture's on my Instagram, so you can go take a look. I'm not lying, I promise you. And, man, I was... I remember I was walking, and I, she was walking her dog. She was in all black. She had a hat on, sunglasses, but, you know... If you're a big Halloween fan, you and not even a Halloween fan, but you can you can pick out Jamie Lee Curtis no matter how hard she tries to just describe herself. I mean, she's a god to us horror fans, especially us Halloween fans. So immediately I knew it was her and I was I texted my sister, I was texting my sister and I was like, "Man, you won't believe who I just ran into. Is Jamie Lee Curtis is literally shopping, you know, walking her dog and shopping." in downtown Wilmington and Ashley was like what 
I know you better go ask for a pitcher. You need to ask for a pitcher. If you don't ask for a pitcher, you're going to regret it. And, man, I was so nervous asking for that pitcher because, you know, Jamie is such a down-to-earth person. Uh, you know, you hear things um, about people being down-to-earth, but you never know. And you still get nervous uh, once, you, once you're in that situation, if you're ever in that situation. So, you know, my heart beating like crazy i went up to jamie lee curtis and i was like i'm a big fan of yours do you mind if i get a picture with you she took my phone from me snapped the picture super super nice didn't conversate too much but she was uh super nice i told her to have a great day thank you and man that was that was just amazing and i'm still in in awe about it man because what are the chances of me going down to wilmington and the weekend i go down to wilmington the halloween kills uh set is set up at the hospital the signs are still on the door i mean that in itself is is super dope and if you want to check those out uh you can go to my instagram page at michael bish underscore underscore and uh you know how you can do highlights click my travel highlights and uh halloween all the halloween and wilmington pictures are on there um and then the picture with jamie lee curtis obviously is, is on my main feed but um Man, so surreal, but the chances of that happening and me meeting Jamie Lee Curtis, like the scream queen herself, somebody that I saw in a movie when I was six, five, six years old is absolutely crazy. Super blessed to for that to have happened, man. Um, man, it still leaves me speechless now, but um, <laughs> anyways, um, as, as I mentioned before, you have a lot of returning characters in Halloween Kills. You have Tommy Doyle. They're bringing back Lindsay Wallace as well. Uh, the two kids who Jamie Lee Curtis was babysitting on that Halloween night. Um, I don't know where this is going to go. I feel like Tommy Doyle is, you know, you see him loading a gun uh, in the teaser. You see him having a bat. It looks like he is going to be a leader of this mob that I feel like is going to go to try and find Michael Myers in Haddonfield on Halloween night. Um, I feel like he will last the movie, but I'm not so sure about Lindsay Wallace. You know, we've, we've seen two teasers all already where Lindsay Wallace is looks like she's going to go bye bye. Oh, excuse me. Bye bye. And I mean that, as nicely as possible, but it doesn't look like she's going to stick around too long. Um, but man, I'm super excited for this film. Uh, I can't believe that we already got a teaser for it. I don't want to say already got a teaser for it, but I can't believe we got a teaser for it. I, I, I've been hearing some rumblings that we would get something on Halloween. And of course, once Blumfest announced that they were, ha or Blumhouse announced that they were having Blumfest, I knew that um, something was going to be announced, especially with Halloween Kills being the um i guess grand finale of blumfest so you look we got what we got i think i think halloween kills is gonna live up to the hype and even more i think it's gonna be bigger than halloween 2018 um and it, it make sure you you stay listening to this channel man because halloween is so near and dear to my heart uh it's my second favorite film of all time my favorite film of all time is back to the future but Halloween is a very, very close second. So uh, we're going to talk a lot about Halloween, Halloween kills, and in the future, Halloween ends. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into, I would say, my bigger obsession. Um, 
what really got me into writing for Netflix Life, what really got me into creating a podcast. And that's Stranger Things, man. Stranger Things Season 4 is back up and in production. Um, they started at the end of September. Started to They started production back in February, I should say. Um, and went to right at the beginning of March. Um, they shot two weeks in Lithuania and then came back to Atlanta to start shooting at the beginning of March. And they had to shut down because of COVID-19. And they just picked up at the end of September. And they're rolling, man. We're starting to see set photos released. And before I jump into this, man, I want to touch on the topic of spoilers. So I am somebody who absolutely is not for spoilers. I don't want to read any scripts. I don't really want to see any videos. Set photos, I don't really mind too much. I don't mind seeing set photos being released. Um, although... It wouldn't hurt me at all if I didn't see anything. But you got to be careful on the internet, man. There's There was this page, and I'm not even going to give them the light of day, but there was this page that released major, major spoilers for Stranger Things Season 4, I believe, and major, major spoilers for Scream 5. I think Scream 5 was the one um, that major spoilers were, were leaked for. And I know unauthorized video for Stranger Things 4 was released as well. Um, but you know, you have, you have fans that are on the sets, uh, that are on sets, or I wouldn't say directly on sets, but you have fans that are outside of the sets, uh, taking pictures and stuff like that. Um, and the reason I'm not too worried about pictures and like I said, I don't like videos, but even if I see the videos, I'm not too worried about it because the Duffer brothers, especially Netflix, Netflix as a whole, they're very, very, I can, I can attest to this. They're very, very confidential when it comes to things being released and things being spoiled. And I'm actually kind of shocked that, um, that those people were allowed to release these photos or at least stand in, in, in the area to release these photos. Um, because Netflix is so tight lipped and don't want, and doesn't want spoilers to get out. So I was shocked to see them, but then again, knowing how strict they are, if anything major was getting shot there or you know something that could ruin the plot, I don't believe that I don't believe that Netflix would allow would allow them to take pictures or even be that close. I think when it comes to major major plot points, they're going to block it off where you can't see it at all. Like back in season 3 of Stranger Things, if you go to uh Gwinnett Place Mall where Starcourt Mall was you know where that was what that took place basically netflix bought a wing of the mall and turned it into 80s turned it into starcourt mall and filmed there but they had big black barricades up in the mall where there's no possible way that you can see and if you attempt to see there is security on your ass i mean they're so tight-lipped with that shit that um me and my cousin and my sister went to starcourt mall to look around because it's an active working mall netflix and stranger things just bought a wing of that mall and turned it into netflix we went to that mall like what six months five or six months after stranger things 3 was released after they were done filming and those barricades were still up security was still nip tuck nip tight um i don't know if they're going to if it's that way because they're going to use 
part of that mall again? I'm not sure. But, I, you know, when it comes to spoilers, man, I'm just not a fan of them, especially major spoilers. Um, at the end of the day, this will be a, I'll tell you now, this will be a podcast where I won't release any spoilers. I'll release, you know, I'll talk about things that I saw. But when it comes to them being actual spoilers or what I consider spoilers, I'm not going to talk about them on this podcast. I mean, that's just not fair. Um, I don't even want to see them myself. Um, so I'm not going to um, really talk about it much. But what I, what I want to talk about when it comes to Stranger Things 4, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because next week's podcast is going to be surrounded more by Stranger Things because next week is Stranger Things week. As you know, November 6th is Stranger Things Day. But what I want to say and what I want to talk about is we are going to get in season four. You know, I don't I don't obviously know anything about what's going to happen just because I write for Netflix life. You know, it's not directly with Netflix or, you know, it's not directly Netflix. So um, I want to put that out there. Um, so we don't have any like major spoilers and even if we did we're not going like i said this is somewhere where i'm not going to talk about them and like i said i don't even want to hear any spoilers especially major spoilers um but we are going what i will say is we are getting new characters don't know if they're going to be reoccurring characters or if they're going to be you know, just just a one season type type of character. But I guess we'll see on that. Um, and what I like that I've seen so far from these set photos is, you know, we're going to get to see what we saw in season one and season two when it comes to uh, Benny's Burgers, when it comes to the arcade, when it comes to the family video store. We actually saw the family video store at the end of season three. So um but the fact that they're bringing back the arcade i'm super excited about i haven't heard anything about hawkins lab yet but they are three for three when it comes to featuring hawkins lab in each season so um you know it was obviously a big part of season one big part of season two um there was only one scene with hopper and joyce uh at the lab but they still featured the lab. I think every season we can get, we're going to see them feature the lab in some type of way. I mean, and it's always great to see that because that was the first opening scene that we ever saw was at Hawkins lab. So I won't be shocked if we see it in season four as well. I've been on the record that I think stranger things is only going to go five seasons, which I think is super smart, man. I don't, I don't want, um, I don't want stranger things to be one of those shows where, like Orange is the New Black. I've never watched Orange is the New Black, but if you talk to a lot of people, a lot of people say that they went two or three seasons over what they should have. And I don't want Stranger Things to be like that because so far, they've upped it every season. They've upped the empty every season. I, I, I like season one. Season one will always be a classic to me. Um, but... You know, I, I recently just rewatched them, and season two was a little bit better. And season three just blew it out the park, man. I thought season three was done tremendously well. I thought the characters we got a little, to, we got to learn even more about the characters. We got to see the characters develop. Um, so I'm super excited, man, for season four. Um, if you can't tell, you're gonna learn quickly that uh, Stranger Things is my thing. And like I said, we're gonna talk more about that next week. Um, 
and I, I got so many things that I want to talk about next week when it comes to that. We're going to talk about um, the you know different story plot lines that could happen in, in, in season four. We'll talk about the time that or the couple times that I went to Atlanta to visit the filming locations. We're going to get into it all um, deep next week as next week is Stranger Things week, particularly Stranger Things Day is November 6th. So go ahead and mark your calendars uh, for that. All right, guys, it's that time. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into my top 10 horror movies of all time. I'm ready for this, man. I'm ready to share this. I can't believe that Halloween is here. I can't believe that the month of October is over. It went by so quick, man. And, and like I said before, as shitty as this year has been, I feel like 2020 is going by super fast. And thank God for that, man, because... Uh, Man, I'm ready for 2021. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into it, man. My top 10 horror movies of all time. And I'm going to start from 10 to 1, of course. Um, look, man, number 10 is one that I actually struggled with the most, man. Because this is the spot where you decide what you're going to leave out. What you're going to put in and what you're going to leave out as far as that last movie. Because you don't, you really think about, like, should I leave this one out? But no, I like this one a little bit more. So for me, it was between the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Halloween 4. For me personally, I'm going to go Halloween 4 um, outside of the original. I know a lot of people say the first Halloween that they ever saw was Halloween 4 and Halloween 5. Because for some reason, those are the two movies that AMC loves to play nonstop. Uh, but for me, I actually saw Halloween 1978 first. Uh, but... Halloween 4 is a movie, is one of the best sequels to the franchise, uh, in my opinion. Um, you'll see as I go through this list where I rank the others. Um, and you'll, because there were, I'll go ahead and spoil it now. There are more Halloween video uh, movies on my list. So, But Halloween 4 and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre were the two movies that, man, I, it really took me a, a long time to figure out what I'm going to put up in here. But... Like I said, I'm going to go Halloween 4 for this one. Um, you know, this is a movie that I feel like it just resonates with me. I get the whole, this is probably, besides the first film, is the Halloween movie that feels most like the holiday. Feels most like Halloween. Um, the cinematography in this film is amazing. Now, they really fucked up with the mask. This is really one of the shittiest masks in the franchise. And it, it makes it so frustrating because the movie is so damn good that you have to ignore the mask. If if like I have to ignore the mask, it's just it's just not good, man. But coming in at number ten is going to be Halloween four. Number nine, The Conjuring. And I know this might shock a lot of people. Um, I'll be one of the first people to admit um, I'm not a fan of I'm really not a fan of films that involve spirits or demons or anything like that like I have a select few I would say there's less than 10 movies that I enjoy that are that are like that um, I know when it came to spirits and stuff like that really one of the first ones we saw um, outside of like the exorcist of course was paranormal activity well paranormal activity was one of the first found footages um, outside of Blair Witch Project I believe so and I hate it Hate it. Both films. And I know I have friends 
that really, really love the Blair Witch Project, and I have friends that really like the first Paranormal Activity, but those movies just didn't resonate with me, man. Um, but when it comes to The Conjuring, this is one of, obviously it's in my top ten, but I just love this movie, man, from the jump scares, from the storyline itself. Obviously, these, these are based on The Conjuring uh you know, The Conjuring is based on a true a true story that happened up in Connecticut, I believe. Um, the movie was shot like 40 minutes outside of Wilmington, North Carolina, which I had mentioned before I went to Wilmington, North Carolina to see the hospital from Halloween Kills. Uh, also visit some filming locations from other movies, other, other TV shows like One Tree Hill. And when I was down in Wilmington this last time, which really was only a few months ago, uh, me and my sister actually stopped by the Conjuring house where they filmed, man. And it just looks so fucking creepy. Uh, I know that's not the house where the actual events took place. That house is up in Connecticut. And I think actually you can take tours on that now. Um, but the house, even the house where they filmed looked creepy as hell. There was, there were no trespassing signs and my sister kept telling me you should go up closer. You should go up closer, but I chickened out. I ain't gonna lie to you. And I left, we left, but, uh, it was pretty cool to be there. I know, uh, the Myers house NC.com, I believe is the website. They just hosted a on site, uh, watch party where they got a bunch of people. Obviously, it was limited because of COVID-19, but they went to where they shot The Conjuring House and outside just put up a big screen and watched The Conjuring where it was filmed. And that's so cool, man. And I really, one of my biggest regrets was not doing that. And I hope they do it again next year because if they do, I'm going to go. But it sold out quick. Um, and a little fun fact is the same house where The Conjuring was filmed was the same house that Missy from I Know What You Did Last Summer's house is. It's the same house. Both of those same houses. So not only were they doing The Conjuring, uh, or were they showing The Conjuring, they were actually showing I Know What You Did Last Summer as well because I Know What You Did Last Summer was shot in Southport, North Carolina, which is about 30 minutes away. So little cool, cool, little cool fun facts there. But, yeah, coming at number nine is The Conjuring. I just loved, I loved it. Um, and there are films in the Conjuring universe that I really don't like, but I really love the ver the first two Conjurings, the actual Conjuring movies. And I can't wait for the Conjuring 3 to come out. Uh, and of course, that won't be out until 2021. Uh, coming in at number eight, uh, I'm going to go It, the original. This is the film that scared me most as a kid. Um, and the reason is, I want to say this is the very first horror movie I ever saw. Yeah, this is, you know, this is the first horror movie I ever saw. So you can think about it as, you know, it, the clown, this, you know, Stephen King's it. I mean, he, if you know the story, he went after kids. So anytime you're a little kid and the story is that a monster or a killer is coming after you, it just strikes fear in you even more. So um, it, the original, is on my list and comes in at number eight. Number seven. Halloween 2, and I mean the original Halloween 2, not that Rob Zombie shit show that we got. I mean, I can deal with Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween, the first one. I can deal with it, and I'm not even going to go out of my way to watch that, but Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, trash. I hate that movie. Um, but Halloween 2, man, a lot of people don't give it enough credit, but I thought it was a really, really good sequel, um, and it really competes up there when it, when I rank my Halloween rankings, 
it's really right there with Halloween 1978. Obviously, I give 1978 the edge. That's always going to be number one in my book. Um, but Halloween 2 is a close second when it comes to ranking the Halloween franchises. Um, Dick Warlock did a great job as portraying the shape. I wish um, Nick Castle would have came back and done the shape, but Dick Warlock did it uh, just as good as, as, as uh, Nick Castle. Uh, but I, obviously, I give the nod. I give the nod to the original man, Nick Castle. <laughs> All right, coming in at number six, I'm gonna go Friday the Thirteenth, Part Six. I'm not a big fan of the original Friday the Thirteenth. Like it was good, but it wasn't great. I mean, when I think of Friday the Thirteenth, I think of Jason. I think of Jason Voorhees, um, and Jason Voorhees is just a badass man, uh, especially in, in Part Six. And Part Six is easily my favorite. There aren't many Friday the 13th movies that I do really, really enjoy. Um, I think it's a good franchise, but overall, I just think there were like four or five movies that really just were trash that I didn't like at all. So, but I really enjoyed Friday the 13th part six. That's my favorite Friday the 13th movie and only Friday the 13th movie that makes it on my list. All right, coming in at number five, this might shock some people, but I'm going to go scream. Scream was amazing. The original Scream, I'm not the biggest fan of 4. I really liked 1, 2 and 3. I think it's I think it's a very well put together franchise. Um obviously I think Scream is way above Scream 2 and Scream 3 and especially Scream 4. Scream sits the original sits out on its own. Wes Craven what he did with this movie uh was absolutely amazing. Nev Campbell Absolutely amazing in this film. Um, Skeet Altridge was amazing in this film. Uh, obviously, Matthew Lillard. Drew Barrymore. The fact that they brought in Drew Barrymore to kill her in the very first scene, very ballsy, but it paid off. It paid off because we got a character like Nev Campbell to carry the franchise, and she's actually carrying it now down shooting in Wilmington, North Carolina, as they shoot Scream 5. So Scream comes in at number five on my list. Number four, It Chapter One. That's right. This is the second It movie that makes it in my top ten. Um, I can tell you now, um, I'm not a fan at all of remakes. Like, I get nervous when anybody says they want to reboot a franchise or they want to remake an original movie. It just never works out. But It Chapter One did everything for me, man. This is a great film. Um, the kids were amazing in this film. The clown, it himself was amazing in this film. The storyline was amazing. The cinematography in this film was out of this world. Um, and you know, I might, you know, I always thought like, am I boosting this movie? Because I think expectations play a lot in how you view films. So like, like I said, when I went and saw Halloween 2018, hell of a film. It's a great movie. But like I said, I walked out of the movie theater kind of disappointed because I felt like I saw most of the highlights of the movie in the trailers. Well, when it came to It Chapter 1, I went into It Chapter 1 with really low expectations because I don't like remakes. And I walked out of that movie just blown away. I thought it was very well uh, written. I thought it was... Um, just overall amazing and Stephen King gave his nod to it so anytime a guy like Stephen King who wrote the story can you know come in and say that this that this movie follows the book like it should that you know he gives his blessing that's all that's all you need right there man so it chapter one 
comes in at number four. And little side note, it chapter two kind of disappointed me. Kind of disappointed me with it chapter two. But it chapter one was amazing. And it's time to get into my top three, man. This is this is gonna be uh the top three were pretty easy for me to be honest with you. Um I already kind of knew the list going in. Um and coming in at number three, I'm gonna go with Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh another Wes Craven film. Um amazing. Uh I mean what what Heather Langenkamp did with Nancy, obviously Johnny Depp. And, of course, I can't forget about Robert England playing Freddy. I mean, this film overall, um, obviously, it's it's not Michael Myers and it's not Halloween. I'll, I will always put Halloween as the top franchise. Michael Myers is the top slasher of all time. Like, he's my that's my guy. That's my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite series to watch. Oh, I'm sorry. Favorite franchise to watch is Halloween. But as a kid, Michael frightened me. But Jason, I mean, I'm sorry, but Freddy was the one that scared me when I went to sleep. Because you can't control what you dream about. So I saw I saw a lot of these movies when I was super young, man. Um, shout out to mom for letting me watch them. Um, but when I saw Nightmare on Elm Street, like, like when I walked out, when I walked through the house at night, or I walked outside to take the trash out, or anything like that, even even till I got a little bit, little bit older, like around eleven or twelve, I was scared that Michael Myers was gonna pop out and get me. I ain't even gonna lie to you, I did. Um, but when I laid my head down at night, Freddy was the one that just scared the shit out of me because you can't control what you dream about. So, Nightmare on Elm Street comes in at number three for me. Uh, Dream Warriors was good, um, which is the third installment into the into the series, and then really, really, I like a couple more, but I would say um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare I really liked. I know some people don't like that, but I like the way Wes Craven what he did with that film and to try to re reinvent the franchise because Wes Craven originally only wanted Nightmare on Elm Street to be one installment, one film. That's why the ending of Nightmare on Elm Street is just so fucking weird. Because you had Wes Craven that wanted to end end the franchise or end the movie. And you had somebody that wanted to turn it into more movies. A big, you know, an actual franchise. So, um, Dream Warriors is another one, like I said. And then, um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Freddy vs. Jason, I don't mind. It's okay, but I'm not going to reach out to watch it. It is what it is. Coming in at number two is The Shining. I mean, this is a movie that still can give me goosebumps here and there. I mean, The Shining uh, with Jack Nicholson is one of my obviously one of my favorite movies of all time, um, and it make, comes in at number two on my favorite horror movies um, that I've ever seen. I, I I challenge anybody. A lot of people don't like to put this movie in as being as freaky, or I'm sorry, as scary, or some people don't consider it as horror. But if you sit down in a dark room, no lights, and play The Shining with the music, the atmosphere, the creepiness to Jack Nicholson, just the story in general, it would give most people goosebumps. So The Shining comes in at number two for me. And I want to take a side note out and give a shout out to shout out to Dr. Sleep because Dr. Sleep was my favorite horror movie of last year. Dr. Sleep was absolutely amazing. I love what they did with it. 
Um, and Dr. Sleep kind of, I didn't read The Shining. I've never read The Shining. I've only saw the movie. But Dr. Sleep did a really, really good job of explaining exactly what The Shining was. So, coming in number two is The Shining. And, of course, number one on my list, Halloween 1978. No surprise, the OG Michael Myers makes it at the top of my list. So, that's going to be my top ten um, Halloween movies or horror movies of all time. So, listen, man, this is going to wrap up the show. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, work with me here. This is my first episode, and, you know, I know... Um, it could be all over the place. I don't know how exactly it's going to sound, but um, just work with me here. I promise you, as I do more, uh, the the shows will get better. The shows will have more uh, spice to them. Uh, like I said, we have some great, amazing guests coming in from friends, family, to cast and crew members of your favorite show So, and movie. So make sure you stay tuned. Uh, if you're not subscribed, subscribe now uh, on Apple podcast and you can subscribe on spotify so you can follow me also as well at michael bish underscore on twitter and at m bish underscore underscore on instagram i appreciate everybody tuning in to the first ever episode of the take one podcast i'll talk to y'all next week